Sunday Showcase, highlighting some of the best audio storytelling found anywhere. All right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hello everyone and welcome to Mutual Presents. I'm your host Jack Ward here with Penny. Science fiction has been a part of my life since I was a very young lad. My parents are both lovers of science fiction. Their favorite books are Frank Herbert's Dune series. So when I saw that Mutual Broadcasting System featured Exploring Tomorrow, I was excited to get it on our YouTube channel. This week, we return to Exploring Tomorrow and look at the features The Secret, with all the trappings, and The Stowaway. So let's turn back our clock back to a simpler, more inventive time with Mutual Broadcasting Systems Exploring Tomorrow. What do you think, Penny? Do you like science fiction? The program you are about to hear is largely fiction, science fiction. We make no guarantees, however, how long it will remain fiction. Exploring Tomorrow! And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind, John Campbell, Jr. The philosophers down the ages have hassled a long time and with many words about the good, the true, and the beautiful. The true, uh, well, that can be defined pretty objectively. But there's a peculiar thing about beautiful. What is beauty? And uh, in whose terms? Makes it difficult. The story of The Adventure of the Beauty Queen, which stars Miss Charlotte Sheffield, Miss United States of 1958. Beauty is a much more complicated problem than the question of truth, actually. A truth is an eternal thing. If it's true, it's true, and that's that. But beauty, beauty is appropriate. It changes as the situations change. It changes with time. I wonder how our own concepts of beauty, that is, our human race's concepts of beauty, will change as time goes by. Uh, let's suppose that a famous young woman of our time, Miss United States, if you like, is awakened in her sleep by an alien presence. A strange force she feels but cannot see. Yet something she knows is there. Who are you? You know I am here. Yes. Can you see me? No. Nor can I see you. But I am conscious I am with you. Yes, of course. No. No, it's real. Who are you? A man who in your terms belongs to the distant future. I am unborn in the way you think of it. And to me, you have been dead over a thousand years. Were I back in my own orbit. Someone's playing a joke. No. This is no joke. But please, don't be afraid. I mean no harm. 
You're dead a thousand years. Whoever you are, what are you talking about? Listen to me. Try to understand. I belong to a race of scientists. In simple words, you can understand. We have a device which enables us to project ourselves into the past. You belong to the past. Do you understand? Yes. The device has made me conscious of you for a long time. I have used it to explore the past, and in these explorations, I have searched for the highest form of human beauty. How do you know whether or not I'm beautiful if you can't see me? The device tells me you're beautiful. Beauty, real beauty, is a force that transmits itself, that can be picked up by a form of radar. Please understand, I am only using terms I think you can follow. In my own orbit, I would not even talk to a child in such simple terms. Go away. Please go away. I can't. I'm in love with you. What? In love with you. In love? Yes. Oh. Very much. <laughs> is it funny? Oh, yes. I don't think it is. But it is. Do women of your time always laugh at a man's love? Oh, don't be silly. I wasn't laughing at you. Well, then at what? I just thought it was very funny. The idea of your being in love with a blip on a radar screen. After all, that's about what I am to you, isn't it? Oh, no. It must be. No, no. The, the radar screen, as you call it, simply picked you up, pointed you out to us. Us? Uh, my associates and I. Oh. I... I felt very strongly drawn to you. I convinced my associates to conduct further experiments. Actual contact with someone out of the past. You. I had to know you. I had to come into orbit with you. Look, don't you think this joke has gone far enough? Well, I told you this is not a joke. Of course it is. Well, you know better. Oh, don't you suppose I know what's going on? Well, I should have thought of it a long time ago. What is going on? Why, it's very simple. Someone installed a radio pickup in this room. And you're talking to me through a microphone. Talking to you? You are, aren't you? Oh, no. What do you mean, no? I'm not talking to you in the way you think I am. I'm projecting to you. Oh, please, stop this. But it's not your voice I hear. I'm receiving impulses from you, not actual words. The device I mentioned interprets the nature of your impulses, translates them into my language. It does the same for you. It's true. I don't hear your voice. Not, not as a sound, I mean. You begin to realize. Oh, please stop. No, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You must be insane to say that. I'm, I'm scared out of my life. I want to scream. I, I'm afraid to. I'm not even sure I'm awake. I'm not even sure I'm alive. You're alive. In your century. Now, understand what I'm telling you. In a moment, you'll be drawn out of your orbit, projected into the future, into my orbit. I want to see you. I want to see if you're as beautiful as your impulses say you are. If you are, I'm afraid I'll keep you where I am in the future. <laughs> no, I don't believe any of it. You're mad. Whoever you are, you're quite insane. (laughs) 
Are you receiving me? Yes. Don't be afraid. You're in limbo. On your way into my orbit. Exploring Tomorrow continues in just a moment. All of us, as American citizens, believe in our inherent liberties and freedoms, such as the freedom of the individual to choose and elect his own national representatives. It has been said that there is only one ruling class in America, the people themselves who, through their vote, have established the law of our land. The real importance of this freedom depends on our accepting the responsibility not only to know what we are voting for or against, but also to choose our leaders for the best interests of the nation. So, accept your responsibility and ensure your freedom. Of all things men have discussed and considered today, time is the one of which we know least. We know how to travel in space, and recent physical work has indicated that uh, actually things can travel backwards as well as forwards in time, but we know nothing about it. And one of the things that would be strange on this, how long does it take to travel through time? When you are traveling through time itself, how long does it take to go from now to then? How long was Miss United States in that limbo before she was there? I'm talking to you. I'm projecting to you. Are you receiving me? Are you afraid? A little. Not as much as you thought you'd be. No. Have you any idea of where you are? I'm in a room. That's all I know. I'm in the next one. We're on the 500th floor of the Institute of Technical Research in the city of Columbia. In your century, I believe you called it Washington. Washington? You understand, this is America. I'm glad to hear that, at least. Yes, I can see it relieves you. You can see me? Very clearly. And am I? Are you what? Well, what you expected me to be. To some extent. Do you find me unattractive? Alien. Alien? Uh, different. Yes, I know the meaning of the word. At first, I was conscious of a sense of, of shock... When I first saw you. At least you're frank. Well, I'm a scientist. Do you find me ugly? I said alien. Of course, I knew you would be. I didn't expect you to measure up physically to our standards. The human form has improved a great deal since your century. But why? Was there a reason? Well, Man-made reasons. Can you tell me? Well, it began with interplanetary wars conducted by the nations of the world. The struggle to build empires in outer space on other planets. When was this? Oh, not in your century. You saw only the first feeble attempts to explore space. Yes, I suppose our attempts are feeble. 
Well, the interplanetary wars did a great deal of destruction, particularly on this planet. Precious documents, books, records were lost. But there was another result. The atmosphere of the Earth became charged with radioactive matter. For a while, it looked as though the human race would become extinct, but it didn't. The human body acclimated itself to new atmospheric conditions and flourished again. But by that time, our physical form had changed. It changed for the better. And today... Go on. Well, today, the human form is the most beautiful creation has ever seen. And by your standards, I am something of a shock to you. Your physical form was, at first, yes. Am I very different from the women here? Very different. To you, they're beautiful. They are beautiful. Would I find them attractive? I don't think so. I might. Oh, no. Why not? If they're so beautiful, I mean. Well, your conception of beauty is not ours. I understand that, but... But what? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I was going to say that beauty is beauty. But that wouldn't make any sense. No, the concept of beauty is what matters. But you said beauty is a force. It radiates. The inner beauty radiates. I I understand that, too. Well, how do you think of the universe? Oh, I think I associate it with God. I identify it with the divine mind. I'm surprised. The universe is a reflection of God. Now I begin to understand why, in spite of your physical form, your beauty reached me. And it has nothing to do with your looks. I... I wouldn't be very gracious if I... if I didn't say thank you. I'm going to keep you here, you know, if I can. I don't think you quite mean that. I mean it in every sense. I want you now to... But to remember what I've said about the change for the better in human form. I'm going to open the door to your room and come in. Now, now please keep in mind that I do not look as the men of your century looked. But also remember that here I'm... I'm supposed to be a reasonably good-looking fellow. I... I would like to see you. Well, you will. In the next few seconds. That which is beautiful and befitting, appropriate, depends on the environment it's in. The future people had had to undergo some rather complete changes to meet the environment that, uh, shall we say, we, their ancestors, had imposed on them. A little too much radioactivity. And that which was beautiful is no longer befitting. The thing that is now befitting we might not think of as particularly beautiful. Is it so bad? I'm sorry. I... I I should not have exposed myself to the shock you feel, to the revulsion you feel at the sight of me. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I I should have known. Uh, Forgive me. I I just can't look at you for a moment. I have to... I have to adjust. There's a window behind you. You can look out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Please don't resent me. No, I, I, I was just wondering if you have any idea how incredible to me your revulsion is. Yes, I think I have an idea. 
Uh, You must overlook what sounds like vanity, but I have to repeat what I told you before. I'm supposed to be more than passably good-looking. Yes, I understand. But you can't stand the sight of me. Give me a moment. Are you looking at me? Yes. Does it still hurt you? No. No, I'm too conscious of your inner beauty. I'm very grateful. I'm curious about something. Yes? Are you conscious of any of my impulses? I think so. Do you find them hostile? No. Alien? No. Do they cause you any fear? I don't think so. Well, forgetting how I appear to your eyes, do you like me? Yes. Yes, I think you must be a very nice person. The curious thing is... Yes? I was going to say, the curious thing is I'm... I'm still in love with you. You mustn't be. Perhaps love is a dimension. I don't know. I... Oh, I'm too confused to think about it. Or perhaps it's an orbit we enter or leave. (laughs) I don't know either. It was just a thought. You can't examine love through a microscope, can you? Well, it's been exposed to every kind of study for centuries. Even the people of your time knew its reactions to be purely chemical. Of course, your poets didn't agree, but then neither do ours. Do you have poets? Oh, yes, we have them. They resist us. They call themselves the last human barrier against science. They refuse to understand what basic science is. What is it? Well, isn't it man's eternal craving to find out more about the universe, or the divine mind? Let me go back. Go back? Please. How can you even want to go back? Look, what do you see through that window? Nothing but beauty. Miles of emerald green fields with cities that sparkle like diamonds rising out of them. Nothing but prosperity. Prosperity and peace. And you want to go back to your miserable century? To my people. To my own people. I belong with them. I don't belong here. I'll tell you something. We're being observed, listened to by my associates. Observed? Well, the final decision must come from them. I'm as much a part of this experiment as you are, even though it was my idea. My idea. My idea. My idea. Now that we've succeeded in drawing you out of your orbit into ours, I... I don't think our science will release you. We can learn a great deal from you about the things of your century. Besides... I love you. I I want to keep you here. Please! Please don't touch me! Please don't touch me! Dream. That's all it was. That's all it was. It couldn't have been anything else. It couldn't have been... There are parts of beauty that are eternal, that are not not like the physical, that changes. But the beauty of a true and honest personality, this sort of beauty, that will endure. There are things that you can rely on as time goes by, 
Woman needs man, and man must have his mate. On this you can rely. The only thing is, the definition of man and woman will tend to change with the passing of ages. But the fundamental things apply. An honest man and an honest woman. These we need forever. Join us for a fascinating adventure in Exploring Tomorrow. Heard in our cast tonight were Brett Morrison and the real Miss United States of 1958, Charlotte Sheffield. Script was by John Fleming. Produced and directed by Sanford Marshall here in New York. Guy Wallace speaking. We pause now for station identification. Now, step into the incredible, amazing future as we go exploring tomorrow. And now, here is your guide to these adventures of the mind, the editor of Astounding Science Fiction Magazine, John Campbell, Jr., The essential character of any frontier you explore is that if you get into it and stick your neck out, you get it lopped off and there's no help. The frontier is the place where there isn't any reserve, where there isn't anyone to help you if you get into trouble. There is no support. Tonight's story is a story of a true frontier. You know, sometimes the frontier lies just the other side of a doorway. It doesn't seem very different... It can be the difference between life and sudden death. Uh, We are in a somewhat different position. We can summon support here. I can push my little push button here and summon our supporters. You know, when we think of that glamorous future, we sometimes tend to forget that things cost money now and things will cost in the future. Let's suppose that there are ships and they are going out between the worlds. They carry emergency supplies for expeditions that may be in trouble on some of the planets that are being explored. But they can't carry an extra lot of them. It costs too much. They carry parachutes, in effect, to drop them as they flash by the world that's in trouble. Little parachutes for space, a plastic bubble with a tiny motor, just enough to lower it down to the planet without destruction. Uh, they'd probably use human pilots to do it, too. Because, you know, a human brain is the lightest of all computing devices. It's lighter than an electronic computer. It would be cheaper and wiser to use human pilots to drop these little plastic bubble parachutes of space to a planet in trouble. Let's consider one where there's an expedition that's gotten into medical trouble. The men are sick and they need a serum that they don't have. They've called for help from one of the passing interstellar liners. The liner has stopped for a moment, dropped one of its little space parachutes, and gone on its way, flashing on to some other star somewhere else. And in that emergency dispatch ship, that little space parachute, the pilot discovers... I'm not 
somebody who shouldn't be there is in that supplies closet. The gauge is never wrong. It says there's a living human body inside that closet radiating heat. Come on out, chum. Open that door, I'll open it. Come on out. Oh, no. All right. I, I give up. Now what? Sit down. All right. Well, you still haven't told me. I mean, what happens now? Do I pay a fine or something? What are you doing here? Well, I just wanted to see my brother, that's all. Your brother? Mm -hmm. He's on Woden. He's with Group 2. Oh. I haven't seen him for ten years, ever since he went there. What's his name? Cross. Jerry Cross. Do you know him? Only his name. I've never met him. Oh. I was only eight years old when he left. What was your original destination aboard the Stardust? Mimir. I had a job to go to. You knew you were breaking a rule when you stowed away on this ship? Oh, I knew I was breaking some kind of regulation. Is that all it means to you? Oh, I'm there was not... a sign posted there. Didn't you see it? A sign? Yeah. Oh, you mean the one that, that, that said unauthorized personnel keep out? That's the one. Oh, well, I guess I saw and it. And ignored it. Oh, come on. Now, look, don't be so grim. How did you manage to stow away? Oh, it was easy. I, I just saw my chance and acted on impulse. I, I saw there was plenty of room in that closet and... So, here I am. Yeah, here you are. Oh, please, don't worry. I'll be a model criminal or prisoner or whatever it is I am now. And I'll pay for my keep, too. And when we get to Woden, well, I'll, I'll make myself useful. Quiet. Sorry. Do you have an identification disc? Yes. Give it to me. Well, my, my name is Marilyn. Marilyn Let Cross. me have the disc. Okay. Will I get it back? No. Oh, but I'm sorry, I... I need the information on it. I have to put it all in my report. But when you've got all the information, surely I'll get it back. I need it. Do you know why I'm flying this ship to Woden? No. No idea? Well, I I know the Stardust got a message. I, I suppose you're taking extra equipment. But... I'm taking serum. Oh. If I don't get that serum to Woden, six men are going to die. My brother, too? Not if he's with Group 2. He's 28,000 miles away from all this. On the opposite side of the planet. Opposite side? Well, then how will I get to see him? You're not going there. Not go I'm sorry. Look, I, I don't understand. You are going to war. Yes. Well, then if you... But you're not. You're going to leave this ship. You mean I won't get to see Jerry? I'm afraid not. Oh, please. I told you I'm sorry. Well, what are you going to do, radio some other ship to have me take him back? There are no other ships to radio. Well, then... Don't you understand? No. You can't stay aboard this ship. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Jump overboard out into space? You won't have to jump. What? You'll be jettisoned. You won't feel a thing. Sometimes the universe seems cruel. I think that's a mistake. It isn't cruel, but it is ruthless. You must learn the lessons. And once you've learned them, you're all right. Unless you forget them. I'm afraid that girl forgot that there were frontiers. That there were places where there was no help. 
You are joking. These are not things you joke about. No, you can't mean all this. There is nothing anyone can do for you. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, I just can't believe you're really serious. I... But you are. Do mean that you're going to make me die? It's the way it has to be. No. no human being in the universe can help please, you. Please, oh, please. Nobody wants it this way. Nobody would ever let it be this way if it were humanly no, possible to change no, it. I can't believe I it. I told you, this ship is carrying fever serum to six men on Woden. All six will die unless I get there. I know, I know you told me. A small ship like this one is provided with barely enough fuel to get to its destination. If you stay aboard, your added weight, once we hit gravity, will cause it to use up all its fuel before we land. That means, in simple terms, you and I will die and six other men will die waiting for the serum. Is that it? That's it. Just that? We don't have enough fuel? Yeah. So I must die alone or take seven other men with me? That's how it stacks up. And nobody really wants me to die. Nobody does. Well, maybe. I, I mean, are you sure nothing... Nothing can be done for you. I just can't believe this is real. Less than an hour ago, I was a passenger in the Stardust. Now I'm on this ship. And I'm going to die. And, and nobody cares. That's not true. We all care. <laughs> It's different out here. It's not like being back on Earth. I'll never see Mom and Daddy again. I'll never see Jared. I'll never see anything again. Hasn't hasn't your brother ever written to you? Yes. What did he talk about? Things. I mean... Well, all the things... He was doing and how much he wanted to see us all again. Didn't he ever tell you about frontier law? What? Look, out here we live by a different set of values. I don't know anything about frontier law. You ignored a warning. Out here you can only make that mistake just once. Oh, a lot of mistakes have been made. And a lot of men have died making I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know about frontiers. I don't know about fuel. Or what was going to happen to me. I don't want to die. Why should I have to die? Just because I wanted to see my brother. <laughs> What's the use of trying to make her understand? What do I do? Quote the regulation to her. Paragraph L, Section 8, Interstellar Regulations. Quote, any stowaway discovered aboard an emergency dispatch ship will be immediately upon discovery jettisoned into space, period. End quote. And what good would it do to her anyway? Okay, so H amount of fuel will not power an EDS with a mass of M plus X safely to its destination. How could she understand that? Look at her. 18 years old, brown curly hair, blue eyes, weight 110 pounds. And to me, she's just the unwanted factor in a very cold equation. Crying won't help, will it? I mean, you're going to radio my brother. If you want me to. What will you tell him? Nothing. I'll let you tell him. Oh. I'm almost afraid to hear his voice. 
You'll make him sound so near to me. And all the time he'll be so far away. Just a voice. That's all he'll be, just a voice. I'll call him anyway. All right. Yes. Warden, EDS 34G11, emergency. Come in, Warden. Group two, identify yourselves, please. This is a call for Jerry Cross. Please come in. Jerry? Jerry, where are you? Jerry, why don't you answer? Jerry, they're going to let me die. Keep quiet. <laughs> they're coming on now. <laughs> Whatever happens, a man will always try to find some way out, even when he knows it's impossible. He'll still make a try. But sometimes, particularly on the frontiers, you're up against the problem that there isn't any way out. You're up against it. Wait, I, I didn't hear. I... He said goodbye, little sister. I had so much more to talk about. He knew that. Was it really him? It was your brother. His voice sounded changed. Ten years ago, he was a little more than a boy. Now he's a man. Voices change. Did, did, did I sound frightened when I talked to him? No, you sounded fine. Oh. How long do I have? Oh, a little while. What'll happen to me afterwards, I mean? Nothing, I guess. I'll just go on floating in space, is that it? Something like that. May I see? See what? Out there. Can I see it on the view screen? Yeah, sure. There. Well, there's nothing there. Just nothing at all. Well, there's some stars over there. I, I didn't see them. I was thinking of Mom and Daddy. They don't even know yet I'll never be going back to them like I promised I would. It's funny, the things you remember. Like the time when I was only six years old and my kitten got run over in the street. And the way Jerry held me in his arms and told me not to cry. And when I woke up in the morning, there she was on my bed with a brand new white fur coat. Just like Jerry had promised. It was a long time after that when Mama told me Jerry had gone to the pet shop at four in the morning. He got the man out of bed and told him if he didn't produce a white kitten, somebody's neck was going to be broken. <laughs> so the man found a white kitten for me. You'll be gone soon. The little hand on that gauge will go back to zero and the equation will be balanced again. Is it time yet? What? Is it time yet? Time? For me. Almost. How will it happen? You'll go into that compartment. It's an airlock. And that's about all. Oh, no, it can't be all. You'll do something. I'll simply push a button. And I'll be shot out into space. I told you, you won't feel anything. Yes, yes, you told me that. I'm very grateful. You're all right? I keep thinking... Everybody has to die sooner or later. It's no worse for me than anyone else, is it? Except most people don't know when it's going to happen, and I do. You understand I have no power to help you. No power anywhere could help you out here. All right. If there was just one 
But there isn't. I know. Jerry understood that. Yeah. Your brother's quite a guy. He said everything will be all right. It will, won't it? Everything, yes. All right, I'm ready. Tell me what to do. When I pull this lever, that door will open. Just walk into the chamber. Please hurry up. I walk in now. Yeah. It's cold in here. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't really matter. Goodbye. You've been awfully kind. Goodbye, honey. Please close the door. Well, yes. there's no hatred, no malice in what I have to do. I know. Bye now. S34G11, calling Group 1 on Planet Warden. Come in, please. I'm landing in just ten minutes. take it. Next time, we've got a story about a kid who was sure he was tough. A real tough guy. Until he ran up against some people who were in the business of learning things. Uh, Sometimes you have to find out such things as whether a man's eyeballs fall out when he's decelerated too suddenly. These men are tough. They're just curious. Join us again next week on both Wednesday and Friday nights when John Campbell returns with more of his fascinating talk and stories while exploring tomorrow. Tonight you heard Mason Adams and Joyce Gordon in our cast. Script was by John Fleming from a story written by Tom Godwin. Produced and directed by Sanford Marshall here in New York. And that's this week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine.
together.